Okay, so we're talking a little bit about um, awkward moments when you had a hard time staying awake. Um, anybody got just one you want to throw out there, holler out there? Any? Driving, okay. How many of you had that? Driving, okay. Any particular trips in mind? I drove, this is, this is, I can say this now because I'm not going to ever be in charge of a youth group again, but I drove a youth group back from Springfield, Missouri. It's about a 14-hour drive, and when I got back, I didn't remember any of it. It's probably not good, right? It's when you walk in and say, here's my letter of resignation. <laughs> but, um, hmm. What else? Other times it's hard to stay awake. You can, did anybody say, like, when you're during a sermon? Okay. I mean, I just wanted to go ahead and throw that out there so you don't feel bad for saying it. I can usually handle it if I'm falling asleep towards the end of the sermon, but if it's right at the beginning, especially if it's me, if it's right at the beginning, you're like, God, we're just getting started. I'm never going to get out of here. I'm never going to make it. Um, any other times? You had a hard time staying awake. ROTC camp. You may be the only one that said that. But it's awesome that you did. ROTC camp. Studying? A boring meeting? Right now? <laughs> any, time, any night after 9 o'clock? Who says yes to that? <laughs> I don't know. 9's pretty late. Might, maybe 8. So um, I had something awkward happen to me one time when I fell asleep in a public place. Um, some of you may have heard about my trip to Florida with the band in the bus with um, a wonderful girl named Susan. So for those of you that have not heard this story, here it is for your listening enjoyment. I played the saxophone in the band. I was a nerd. And we went to Florida. doesn't mean you're a nerd if you play the saxophone. It just means that I was a nerd. It might not have been related to the fact that I played the saxophone. But anyway, I was in high school. I was a nerd. So we went to Florida to be in a band competition, and we drove all night long, all night long in the bus. And that's cool and all. You know, it's pretty exciting. It's exciting for the first five minutes, but it's nighttime. You're on the bus, and I got tired. And so I'm sitting next to Susan, who was crushing on me. I mean, for obvious reasons, right? Boy, that was really awkward and lame. Thank you so much. Um, but she just, she thought I was awesome, and so she was sitting next to me, and and I was not so sure about it, but, you know, I'm there, and I fell asleep on the bus. And it's one thing to fall asleep on a bus with your face pressed up against the window, because at least you're, you can recover from that a little bit. But I fell asleep in the worst possible position. It's like when you take your head and you put it on the seat in front of you. And so this is bad for two reasons, right? Number one, you're going to change religions, because when you wake up, you got that red dot right there. Okay? But the, the most important reason why this is bad is because in this position... Gravity is not your friend. And, and I started to drool. I don't know if any of you drool when you sleep. You probably do, and you just pretend like you don't. But I started to drool. And so when you're drooling here, it's just, it just starts to just pour out of your mouth. And so it's, not, it's bad enough that it just pours, but I think, like, you ever get the bungee drool? Like, it just kind of hangs there. and it just, So anyway... The good news is I'm asleep, right? I don't know any of this is going on. But when I woke up, Susan was looking at me like girls look at guys that they love. Hey. Hey. You were sleeping. Yeah, so I was sleeping. 
You were drooling. Oh, I was what? It, it's okay, baby. I caught it. Listen, I, I don't I don't know what you do on your dates and stuff, but like a girl that catches my drool, there's no shot of a relationship. When I met Wendy, one of the first questions I asked her was, so like hypothetically speaking, <laughs> we're ever on a bus going to Florida, and I fall asleep and I drool, are you catching it? And she's like, are you crazy? Will you marry me? <laughs> it's kind of how our dates went. Awkward. Uh, bad things can happen when we fall asleep. So we're going to be in Acts chapter 20. We're going to talk about um, that, some of that, this morning. Acts chapter 20. Let me verses 7 through 12. Um, boy, the crazy stories in Acts just keep on coming, don't they? Um, I hope that you've never been tempted to catch somebody's drool. I hope that um, you've never been in a position like that. But my guess is that at some point in your life, you have probably struggled to stay awake. Today especially, we will be watching. Awkward. Here's what we're going to do. Verses 7 through 12. It's going to keep it very simple, okay? We're going to start in verse 7. We're just going to start reading. And along the way, I'm going to kind of stop, point some things out to you. And then I want to make sure at the end that we learn one very simple but powerful truth. All right? It's kind of a fun message. Isn't that good? I like fun messages. All right? Just, it's just six verses. We can do this. Here we go, Acts chapter 20, starting in verse 7. On the first day of the week, they came together. We came together to break bread. Paul spoke to the people, and because he intended to leave the next day, kept on talking until midnight. Now, in this, the six verses that we're going to read, you're going to love the way Luke writes. Um, I love sarcastic people. Do you like sarcastic people at all? No, you don't? I love sarcastic people because I am one. But what I love is that God let this, these six verses go in the Bible. God did not do the editor thing. You ever written a paper for a teacher, and you, or you're the teacher, and you hand it back, and it's just marked up with red everywhere? God did not do that here. I mean, he, like, lets Luke be Luke. And so you're going to hear Luke kind of throw Paul under the bus here, which I think is fun. Um, but here's the first thing I want to point out. They met on the first day of the week. So I don't want to do a whole teaching on why we have church on Sunday as opposed to Tuesday. But I figured they talk about it here. They met on the first day of the week. So let's at least ask the question, why do we meet on Sunday instead of Saturday? You, anybody of you, know, any of you know people that have church on Saturday? Okay, I do too. Um, so let's just talk about that. Here's a couple of things. I don't want to go into detail, but if you're jotting things down, here's a few things that happened on the first day of the week in Scripture, let's start with the most important one of all, John 20, verse 1, Jesus rose from the dead. Okay? Y'all knew know that happened on Sunday, not Wednesday. Did you know that? No. Now you know. Now you know. First day of the week, Jesus rose from the dead. Also, John 20, verse 19, Jesus appeared to the ten, ten of his disciples on the first day of the week. Apparently, the first day of the week was so significant that he waited an entire week until the next first day of the week to meet with all 11 disciples. That's in John chapter 20, verse 26. The Holy Spirit was given at Pentecost, which according to, Le to Leviticus 23:16, was held on the first day of the week. Are you noticing a pattern yet? First day of the week, first day of the week, first day of the week. 
The first gospel message was preached on a Sunday, Acts 2.14. The first baptisms took place, Acts 2.41. Probably well into the night because this is 3,000 people. Remember that? We already looked at that. So Peter preaches this message, 3,000 people come to know Jesus, and then they baptized him that day. Paul instructed believers to give their contributions on the first day of the week. That's in 1 Corinthians 16, 2. So I think it's pretty obvious that Sunday became a huge day for the early church, right? With me so far? We've got the post-July 4th crowd today, don't we? Boy, I tell you, that food's been so good, all right? Trying to hang in here with me. Don't, don't fall asleep today. We will notice. Um, sometimes, if you ever talk to somebody that has church on Saturday instead of Sunday, they'll say um, things like this. Well, you shouldn't meet on Sunday because it's named in honor of the sun god and it's part of pagan worship. Has anybody ever heard that? No? Okay. Well, if you ever do, here's a great thing to say back. Well, do you have church on Saturday? Well, yes, we do. You know that Saturday is named after the Roman god Saturn, right? We'll just let that one sit for a little bit. (laughs) Of all the Ten Commandments... Nine of the Ten Commandments are repeated and incorporated into the New Testament except for one. Anybody want to take a stab at which one it is? Right now you're going, wait, there's ten? <laughs> which one do you think it is? The Sabbath. The Sabbath. Um, the fourth commandment says to keep the Sabbath holy. That's not ever repeated in the New Testament. All the other nine are. The New, Tes- New Testament never calls breaking the Sabbath a sin, and here's why. Because Jesus is our Sabbath. He is, according to Hebrews, He is our rest. He's our Sabbath. So if you have church on Sunday, it doesn't mean that you're breaking the Sabbath. If you're here at church on Sunday and you're honoring Jesus and you're taking rest spiritually in Jesus, you are honoring and keeping the Sabbath. So far, so good? So why Sunday? Literally, it's just because the resurrection changed everything. It changed everything. Thing. So if Jesus had risen on a Tuesday, we'd be having church on Tuesday probably. I kind of wish he'd risen on Monday because Mondays are boring days. Have you noticed that? Nobody likes Mondays. Come to church on Monday. Be cool. Um, it's wrong to worship one day over another. It's better to worship every day. Uh, just jot down Galatians 4, 10 through 11. Paul talks to the Galatians about how they've been going, they've been following Jesus so well, but now somebody's cutting them off and they're trying to earn their salvation again. And he says, we're not to honor, we're not to worship days and seasons and moons. The minute we start saying, well, God can only move on Sunday, we have a problem, right? Just like if we say God can only move on Saturday, we have a problem. God wants us to worship and honor him every single day. So the first thing that we notice in verse 7 is that it met on the first day of the week. The second thing that we notice, and this is when I want to hear a really big amen, is that Paul talked a long time. I thought you'd go bigger than that. I've got to be honest. I've been looking at the times that I speak, like the times. I'm like, man, did I really talk that long? But this Paul, he talked a long time. It says, because he intended to leave the next day, he kept on talking until midnight. Anybody want to try that tonight? I have to get Connie to make a bunch of pots of coffee, right? Drink coffee all night long till midnight. 
So here's what I want you to know. Paul talked a long time. He's been in Troas for a week. He's leaving the next day. And here's what he wanted to do. It's as practical and simple as this. He wanted to spend as much time with the people that he loved as he possibly could before he left. Have you ever been there? I was last night because Wendy's mom has been in town. And so I'm watching, you know, the Daytona race or what was the end of it because that's the best part. Nobody's wrecking. And when it was over... I walked out, and Wendy's mom is laying on the couch, all like trying to go to sleep, and Wendy's standing by the couch, and they're still talking. They've had a conversation like this for I don't know how long, and Wendy looked at me, and she said, we've been trying to say goodnight for quite a while now. That's the picture of what's going on here. I mean, they just love each other. They, don't, they, they, may, they may never see Paul again. Let me ask you this question. If you knew tonight was your last night with the people that you love the most, what would you do? Let me tell you what you wouldn't do. Xbox? I don't think. Maybe. <laughs> maybe if it's me and Parker's last night or me and Will's last night. Maybe we're playing Xbox. I don't know. You know what people do when they know it's their last night? Anybody in the military? You've been in the military? So you're going on a really, really tough mission. It's possible that you will not survive. And so the night before you leave, is it real somber no, there's a lot of drinking, a lot of partying, because it's eat, drink, and be merry, because tomorrow we're going to die. You start to see what people value when you see what they do when they know it's the last time they can do it. What blows me away about this is that the church in Troas so valued the relationship that they have with each other and so valued the Word of God that they spent their last moments together talking about Jesus as long as they possibly could. Now, I'm not saying this to make you feel like dirt, because if I say it to make you feel like dirt, then I'm going to feel like dirt too. But when I put, like, if I list the things that I would do with my family if I knew it was the last night we'd ever be together, i got to be honest with you. I don't think I'm sitting around until midnight talking about Jesus. I, I'd like to think that we would. And maybe at some point in the conversation, Jesus would come up for sure, because I'm sure I'd want to speak into my son's lives and speak into Sydney's life and say something to Wendy that would move her into never want to marry again. <laughs> but I just don't know if I see this. We would more likely as a church call ourselves together and have a fellowship dinner and talk about sports and the Panthers and the weather, and we would be together, we'd have a relationship, and that's cool and all, but they're not just together, they're talking about Jesus. Paul is preaching to them. They're sitting there going, dude, keep going. This is the last time we're ever going to see you. Keep going. No, no, it's, it's only midnight. <laughs> Can you imagine yourself saying that to me? Dude, it's only midnight. Paul talked a long time. Verses 8 through 11. There were many lamps in the upstairs room where we were meeting. Luke made sure he mentioned that. He was apparently into home decorating. Seated in a window was a young man named Eutychus who was sinking into a deep sleep as Paul talked on and on. That's where Luke's throwing Paul under the bus. He's talking on and on. And this man is falling asleep. When he was sound asleep, he fell to the ground from the third story and was picked up dead. Paul went down, threw himself on the young man and put his arms around him and said, Don't be alarmed, he's alive. And then he went upstairs again and broke bread and ate. 
A couple things to point out here. One, a young man ran out of luck. The name Eutychus actually means good luck. I just think that's very ironic, right? So your name means good luck, and you fell out of a third-story window and died. Not a lot of luck there, right? Should have been bad luck. So he's, here's, he's sitting on the window. It's not like a window here. There's probably not any glass. There's probably not any bars. It's just a ledge, and he's sitting there. Probably, I'm guessing, moved there so he could get some of the breeze that was coming in. Because, you know, like, have you ever driven at night and you're tired? I don't know if you do this, but I do. I roll the window down, and then I try to get the breeze to hit me so it'll wake me up. And if that doesn't work, I put my head out. Right? It's like, <laughs> I mean, I've, I've done that like it in, you know, 15-degree weather. Just stick your head out, you know, and just try anything to wake up. So he's probably trying, i got to get a breeze. i got to get something that's really stifling in here. The lamps are going. It's filling up with smoke. <coughs> that dude up there is talking on and on and, oh, my gosh, please. Oh, there's a windowsill. And he sat on it. And he starts to sink into sleep, and he can't stay awake anymore. And eventually, he was so asleep that he couldn't catch himself. Don't you love to watch people try to catch themselves when they're falling asleep? I got a little video for you. I hope you enjoy this. It's two minutes of watching a man fall asleep standing up. Here we go. How many of you were hoping for him to fall over on his face? Okay, I was just hoping I wasn't the only one. Because I thoroughly enjoyed it, but I was a little bit disappointed. I wanted him to face plant. That would have been great. Um, so that's Eutychus, right? That's in that, but i got to tell you, from a pastor's standpoint, that's awkward to preach to people that are doing that. So you're Paul, and you're talking on and on until midnight. And, I mean, surely he sees Eutychus, right? And he's just, like, falling asleep. But finally, he's so sound asleep. And that's what it says. He fell into such a deep sleep that he finally fell out the window. He could not catch himself, and apparently neither could the people around him. And he sank into a deep sleep. He fell to the ground from the third story and was picked up how? <clears throat> he was picked up dead. So in verses 8 through 11, here's what we notice. First off, a young man runs out of luck. And in number two, the second thing we learn in here is that nothing could stop a preacher, <laughs> which I think is hilarious. Um, I'm not sure what you and I would have done in this situation. Um, if I'm preaching and one of you falls out of the chair and dies, I don't know. I mean, there's a part of me that's like, pray for them, call the ambulance. We're shutting her down. I don't want to hurt anybody else, right? <laughs> Paul goes down. Um, <clears throat> And this is how he deals with the interruptions. And we do have interruptions. You know that, right? And we have the man on the lawnmower every now and then that comes by. Um, Connie's dogs, apparently, every now and then. And usually, have you noticed how, how usually it's very appropriately timed? Jesus is calling you. I love that, right? Um, we, the, the heat sometimes, and we have to, everybody gets, has distractions. Um, I don't know, sometimes maybe we handle them well, we don't. But here's how Paul dealt with his. This is a big distraction. He goes down. He throws himself on the man. It says he put his arms around him. I don't know if this means he hugged him, but there's a time in Scripture when one of the prophets actually stretched out on a dead body. And the Bible says this, that his, he was hand-to-hand -hand and eye-to-eye -eye and nose-to-nose. -nose. I mean, that's stretched out on a dead body, right? Anybody want to try that right now? Only if she's pretty, right? So he stretches out, and Paul says, he's alive. The boy gets up, and as any good preacher would do, it's like, you know what? This is not going to stop me from sharing with you what I want to share with you. So they go back upstairs. 
Verse 11, he went upstairs again. They broke bread and ate because apparently Paul decided this would be a good time to take an intermission. And after they finished eating, they talked until daylight. Okay, so I'm talking to you. It's midnight. You fall over and die. I go down. We pray. You come up. Get that boy something to eat. The boy gets something to eat, and being the sensitive preacher that I am, I continue to talk for another six hours or so. Maybe putting the people that I don't like in the window ledges just to see if possibly they'll fall out, right? Nothing can stop a preacher. And then we get to verse 12. Are you with me so far? Okay, verse 12. This is the crucial verse that I hope I communicate well. The people took the young man home how? Alive. The people took the young man home alive. Small details can mean big things. And here's what we've learned to this point. They met on Sunday. They ate together. The sermons were very long. They had mood lighting. People fell asleep. And even in the midst of all that, some exciting things happened. So that pretty much summed up every church experience, right? Here's what we don't always have in common with the early church. They left church differently than they were when they were in it. Let me make sure you get this. The people took the young man home alive. Here's your big idea. Luke makes a point to include that one word just to make sure we understand the big idea. When Jesus touches us, we leave differently than we came. We leave differently than we came. Um, I thought about trying to act this out today, like an actual visual illustration where we would kill somebody and then raise them from the dead just to see how you would respond. But I'm going to guess that you would respond, well, would you be excited? Maybe we should have done this because, I don't know, you're kind of dead right now. If we killed somebody and they were dead right here and we prayed and they were raised from the dead in front of your eyes, would you be excited or would you be like, yeah, what you got next? (laughs) What would it be? Excited. I mean, that would be like, this is the stuff we tweet about, right? Dude, you should have been at the gathering because, like, Paul killed somebody and then prayed and they came back. It was awesome. So if he's raised, if he was dead and then he's raised, why in the world would Luke make a point of saying that the, young, the people took the young man home alive? Because I think he's making a point. I won't make too much of it. I, I want to make sure we get this. I think he's saying to us, look, here's the deal. It doesn't really matter what happens in here if you don't walk out different. Because the typical American church experience would have been this. He came and he died in the service. And then he got prayed for, and he was raised from the dead. And then they took him home dead. Everybody say, huh? Let me get really, really practical, all right? Youth camp. Have you ever been to youth camp? You ever sent your kids to youth camp or kids camp? Yes. And don't you love it when they come home changed? Don't you wish a week later you could send them back and get a refill? Because it doesn't seem to last. Because sometimes that's what we're about. Sometimes we come to church and we have all this stuff going on in our lives. Things that are killing us. 
Why did Eutychus fall asleep? I don't know about you. It's not because he had a bad attention span. And we can blame that on stuff. But I've seen people go to three-hour movies. Guess what they don't do in the movies? Sleep. Typically. They'll walk out and go, that was a long movie. But I loved it. Because they're engaged the whole time. Right? So why is Eutychus not into it? Eutychus is not into it for the same reason why your parents would have friends come over and they would talk until midnight and you're sitting there going, God, can I please be excused from the table? You have, there's no connection. You have, no, you have nothing there. So it's very possible. Here's Eutychus who's probably, they say he's probably early 20s. He may not have any real relationship with Paul. He may just be there. He's not really engaged. He's not really plugged in. He's just in the service. Now, when he died and got raised from the dead, do you think he got plugged in? That would plug me in. Like, hey, seriously, like you were dead, and that man that's been talking on and on and on, he prayed for you and you came back. So guess who I bet stayed awake until daybreak? Eutychus. He was suddenly plugged in. He's like how you were when you're really tired in the car, but you get pulled over by a cop. And you're not tired anymore. Have you noticed that? Man, I'm wide awake. Dude, can you follow me home with the lights going? Sometimes we get all into the great service. It was fantastic in here. Man, we were singing that song. It is well my soul. It's like, bam, woo! And then we walk out dead. But Luke said that they took him home alive. They didn't just take him home. They took him home alive. He was changed. He went home differently than he was in the service. And when that happens, guess what people around us do? The same thing the church did. They were greatly comforted. See, a lot of us have people in our families we've been praying for for years. And they come to church and Jesus touches them. And we're like, man, this is awesome. This is going to be great. And then they walk out same way they were before they got touched by Jesus. And we're like, oh, well, that's not comforting at all kind of discouraging but you know what really comforts believers what really encourages believers is when they see people's lives being changed not just for a moment but forever that's the point of this story when jesus touches us we go home differently than we came we leave differently than we came it's not enough for you and i to have a sunday morning testimony jesus wants your life to be the testimony. We talk a lot about the other six days. It's not about Sunday. It's about the other six days. So you may have sensed Jesus in the worship. You may sense Jesus in the word. But the real test is this. Will you go home today alive? What Jesus did. How many of you uh, were. Just, you should never ask if you were encouraged during worship. When you were the worship leader. But man God's presence was awesome in this place today. How many of you were encouraged during worship today? The question's going to be, the things that are going on in your life that God's presence encouraged you about, are you going to walk right back out the door, get in the car and go, how are we going to pay the bills? Because that's going home dead. When he's touched us, God, I still have to put up with that jerk. Now that's going home dead. Don't go home dead. Jesus did something to you this morning. He touched you this morning. His presence came in this place and touched you. And this encourages us, go 
home alive. Take the young man home alive. If you do that, the people of God, just like in Acts 12, 2012, will be greatly comforted because it is proof positive that Jesus is here with us. Because when Jesus touches us, we leave differently than we came. And that is good news.